Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Sixth out of the seven factors of enlightenment. <clears throat> Just a, a brief review. Um, mindfulness is the, the first factor and also the balancing factor of the three. Wow, this is so loud. This doesn't seem too loud. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about if I talk like this? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is uh, the balancing factor of the three arousing, energizing factors of investigation, energy, and joy or rapture, and the three calming or stilling factors Last week we looked at calm, concentration, we'll do now, and next week we'll um, explore equanimity. And as I've been saying that each factor, you can see it as a linear model as well, that one, although it's not exactly textbook, you do this, then you get this, then you get this, there is a general development out of mindfulness when you're the more mindful you are the more you want to pay attention because things become a bit more interesting and so investigation naturally arises as the mindfulness gets stronger it naturally arises and we can also consciously see that this is something we can incline the mind to so with each of these these factors one causative support is inclining the mind to that factor. So although it, they occur naturally, you can consciously see and intend, oh, I think I need a bit more of this factor and incline the mind that way. Out of investigation, um, energy, you want to make the effort and out of effort, the effort to be mindful and out of effort, uh, it begets energy. Just like when you go work out, and you get more energized by getting your system in motion instead of just the inertia that we, we often have to be fighting. With an energetic interest, it develops into a keen interest, which is really um, another definition for rapture or joy. When you get very, very interested in something, there's a kind of fullness that comes and an aliveness and physiologically as well as uh, mentally um, often quite um, high energy, blissful states can arise. That can naturally incline towards calm. Your whole body is kind of, there's no disturbances, and so you just kind of, you're more at ease. And it's a, it can be an energized calm. Now you can also realize, ooh, I'm getting really out there, and then see, oh, I need to incline my mind towards calm. It can go both ways. But as the, as calm develops and you're more at home with a sense of stillness and peace, if there is energy and investigation and strong mindfulness, concentration is a natural development where you are connected in a very powerful way to your experience. And then out of that concentration, all of those other factors as they ripen, there's a kind of balance and spaciousness that results in equanimity, which we'll get to 
next week. And out of, when all of those factors are mature and ripened, the mind and the heart are completely open and the possibility of awakening um, results. So these are the factors of awakening or the factors of enlightenment, these seven mental factors that when brought into harmony and strengthened and ripened create the conditions for awakening to occur. So concentration, right concentration, it's something that's on in a, a number of different lists. It's in this list, it's in the Eightfold Path, it's actually the, the culmination of the Eightfold Path. <clears throat> After effort and mindfulness, concentration is the last link of the Eightfold Path. It's in the, the five spiritual faculties, that list, out of faith, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and then wisdom arises. Effort, mindfulness, and concentration go together. They go together in, uh, they're all three in this list, they're all three in the Eightfold Path list, they're all three in the, the five faculties, effort, mindfulness, and concentration. So concentration, this is often the the factor <clears throat> where people say, you know, or they hear the Eightfold Path, oh yeah, right livelihood, right action, you know, okay, I can do that. Right concentration, uh-oh. I don't know, I just can't do it. <clears throat> do you ever have that feeling? Don't, don't give up, there's hope. Um, First, what is concentration? It's a kind of <clears throat> unification of the mind that probably everyone here has experienced. Whether or not in formal meditation practice you have experienced, if you've ever been I mentioned this before, ever been, say, glued to uh, a, a sporting event or a performance. You see you know, an incredible um, dancer or singer and you are just so focused and if somebody tried to get your attention, you'd, you might not even realize, hey, hey, or you'd say, hey, come on, leave me alone. I want to stay connected with this or you've been involved in a really engrossing project that's consuming you, hopefully in a healthy way. You know, but when, when you're completely absorbed in what you're doing, the word absorption is one, often one um, synonym for concentration. You get so absorbed in the activity or in the object that there's a kind of unification of mind that occurs. There's a one-pointedness, another term that's sometimes used. What concentration really means is that the, the mind or the attention is sticking to the object sticking to that performance that you're watching, sticking to that activity that you're so engrossed in. And there's a fullness that comes from that. When you are sticking to something and really connected with it over a period of moments, and those moments are strung together, when that is occurring, there's no room for anything to bother or disturb you. And this is the key aspect of concentration. When you're so completely focused, you're not lost in confusion, you're not thinking about tomorrow, you're not worrying about something that hasn't happened, you're not thinking about the past, you're not 
lost in fantasy, oh, I wish that would happen. You're not lost in anger. Why did he say that? You are so focused and connected to something in your current field of experience that there's no room for disturbance. This is what is called suppressing of the hindrances. You maybe you're familiar with the five hindrances. Um, another list you can get. There's a bunch of lists in this teaching, you know. But the five hindrances of attachment, aversion, dullness, restlessness, doubt. Those are the big five. And while you're concentrated, if you are developing some continuous concentration, the hindrances are at bay. And it feels really good. I mean, finally, there's nothing bothering you. And you're just with the breath. Or you're just with a sensation. Or you're just with um, a wholesome state of loving kindness or joy or whatever state it is. You're just with what is. And when the hindrances are kept at bay, the mind, when it's not confused, when the mind isn't confused, which is what the hindrances do, there's spaciousness in the mind. Not, you're not saying, oh, I want to get spacious. It's just that there's not that contraction of mind. Even when you're focused, there's not that contraction. And in that spaciousness, this is the amazing thing, wisdom naturally arises. Because that's who you really are. You know, when you're not confused, this is, this is the basic idea, this is what I was so moved by the Buddhist teachings, that when we're not confused, wisdom and love and all the good stuff naturally shines through. That's who you really are. And so, out of concentration, the natural unfolding is wisdom. That's in the, the five faculties, that list. Faith, effort, mindfulness, concentration, and then wisdom arises out of a concentrated, mindful mind. And in the same way, concentration leads to that spaciousness of equanimity, and out of that, the enlightened um, understanding can emerge. Concentration has power. There is, there are powers. There are actually um, direct, tangible powers that can happen from a concentrated mind. You know, not that you're trying to make that happen, but it can happen when you're. You ever, you ever. Um, this is the image that I that I often use. You ever try to open a bottle, right? And it's just, it seems so like it's stuck, like it is stuck, right? And you're trying, you're trying, and then you just kind of muster up all your will and say, I'm going to open this damn thing. And you just, and you do it. Sometimes you do it, or else you give it to somebody else who's stronger and say, could you please open this for me? <clears throat> but when you have that focus, there's a kind of full wholeheartedness that you can put into it and that you, you arouse a kind of power. In the same way, you can focus the mind and enter into some powerful states. All the you know interesting things that you might hear these guys in uh, it is. Uh -huh. trying a new 
a new system here tonight. Let's see if I don't do anything. Uh, if you um, have seen or heard about these great sadhus in India uh, doing amazing things, those are all a result of concentrated mind. And you can, you can do that. It's like, you know, you, um, you focus, there's some sunlight, you take a magnifying glass, and you focus the rays of the sun until it becomes so one-pointed in that hot spot, and you can start a fire, you could burn down a forest. Or you focus light in a particular way through laser beams, and you can cut through steel. In the same way, we have this amazing capacity that most of us don't tap into that can focus and do extraordinary things. As a, uh, <laughs> in, in the teachings, there are, I think I mentioned it last week, there's this body of commentaries, the Vasudhimaga, the path of purification, and there's the path of tranquility, and concentration is volume one, and the path of uh, insight, volume two. And you first concentrate your mind, and then you apply it towards insight. On one retreat, this is just coming up to me, on one re- it was the first time I did a, no, it wasn't, it was, it was my uh, second long fall retreat, three-month retreat, which was for me a very, uh, it was a whole other level of concentration, right? And I was getting, I was, I had never been that focused before, nothing close, right? And I thought, wow, this is really exciting. This is cool. And I remembered the path of purification, the volume on insight, on on concentration, volume one. It was the one time I read during the the retreat. went down to the library because I just wanted to kind of, hey, check out where I am. Maybe I'm in a pretty cool place, right? And I opened it up to read about, I said, I want to read about concentration because this is pretty cool. And I opened it up and I read <clears throat> in very dry language, nothing flowery, just you do this, 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 and this, and you um, can walk through walls. <laughs> do this, this, and this, and this, and you can materialize in you know three different places or multi, multi, uh, 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 whatever you call it, a few different ways that you can manifest in the body. This, this, and this, and this, and you can read past lives. You know, and there were like five of these supernormal powers. You know, I closed the book, went back, said. Not there. I got a long way to go. It was it was a very humbling moment, you know, but also very exciting. Like it it, it wasn't like woo woo. Wow, you you won't believe this. It's just this is the recipe. You do this, this, and this, and this is what happens. You know. So just to kind of stretch your mind as to the possibilities, it's amazing what the mind is capable of. There are two main kinds of concentration that are developed in formal practice. There's concentration that is focused on one particular object. For instance, you can focus on the breath what's called the in-out breath, anapana, in-out. And you're just focusing on the breath, maybe just focusing on as it enters your, your nostrils or your nose tip or your upper lip or focusing on the abdomen or, and you're just staying there. No matter what else happens, you're just staying there or you can focus on a number of different possible objects. Actually, in the in the um, uh, in the Visuddhimagga, there's 40 different concentration objects. Right? 
any one of these that you can use to get very, very concentrated. So that's one kind of concentration. And then there's another kind of concentration where rather than focusing on one particular object, you're focusing on changing objects. You are, you have, instead of what, the first one is called fixed concentration. But this other kind of concentration, which can be developed in practice, is called moment-to-moment concentration, or kanika samadhi. Samadhi is the, is the, is the word for concentration. I'm sure you've, you're familiar with that, that word, samadhi. But this moment-to-moment concentration, or kanika samadhi, is just as profound a kind of concentration as going into um, fixed concentration on one particular object. They, they go in different, they affect one in different ways. Um, the fixed concentration, where you continue to just let yourself be drawn in and absorbed by whatever the object is, can lead to these different states of absorption called jhana, J-H-A-N-A. There are four, four kinds of jhana, four, there's actually depending on what system. There's four formed jhanas, and then there's four formless jhanas. Um, I'll, I'll get back to that in a moment. But anyway, there's, you get very absorbed, where the world, the rest of the world kind of disappears, and maybe there's very, very subtle thoughts that are just kind of wisps in the background. But even if you get that level of absorption, that is not necessarily going to lead to freedom. It can lead to very pleasant states, but you can also get really hooked on how good that feels and just say, yeah, I want to go back there. If you use that, use that, um, development where you sharpen the, the mind on that object, whatever it is, and then you apply that focused um, attention, that, f- that, uh, that, that sharpened attention to then changing experience, then you're moving from concentration to mindfulness, from samadhi to insight. So it's concentration, if you get that foundation, is very powerful aid, but it's, it doesn't go the whole way. You then need to apply that heightened concentration to noticing changing experience, because that's where the liberation is, noticing changing experience. So now back to Kanika Samadhi. Kanika Samadhi is you're noticing changing experience and your mind isn't wandering very much. So you're noticing, you can notice a lot of different things. There's the breath, in, out, in, out. Then you notice a sound, hearing, hearing. Then you notice a sensation in the body, itching, itching. Then you might notice a whisper of a thought, oh, thinking, but you're not lost in the thought. And if you're noticing that changing experience, but you're not wandering very much, that is not only concentration, that's a liberating kind of concentration. So you don't have to go for the most the deepest absorption states to get a very profound understanding. 
In fact, this is one of the, the great um, um, gifts that Mahasi Sayadaw, who was one of the main, main uh, masters from the 20th century, gave to lay people because before him and this other master, Lady Sayadaw, L-E-D-I, Lady Sayadaw, they said, the, the monastics were saying, no, you've got to be a, a monk or a nun, you've got to develop deep absorption, you've got to you know, attain deep jhana for a few years, and then you can notice changing experience and, um, and have deep insight. Mahasi and Lady Sayadaw said, no, 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 this is not so. You don't have to be a, a world champion meditator to have liberating insight. Once that was seen to be so, then it freed up the possibility for lay people to also have deep practice that they didn't have to give up their whole life because concentration does take a very special supportive environment. To do the jhana kind of practices, you need some time. But to, do, to have enough practice so that you are noticing, you're noticing changing experience doesn't take as much time. You can you know, you might even, you know, do a, in a retreat at Spirit Rock a week long or two weeks and get, have, know what it's like to have stretches of mindfulness. Or if you do it over a month and have very strong concentration. Um, so this is a, an, a very major shift that, oh, you don't have to get deep stages of absorption. Um, why insight, why noticing changing experience is so liberating is that that allows you to see what are called the three characteristics of experience or, or of existence. One, that everything is changing. Now you might say, well I know that. That's not news. Oh yeah, I got it. It's one thing to kind of understand it. It's another to, in a very direct way, see for yourself over stretches of time how everything is changing. And when you see this in a very profound way, you start seeing another characteristic of experience, which is holding on to changing experience is a setup for suffering. This is where suffering comes, holding on to that which is changing. And then the third characteristic of experience that insight reveals is that you see this mind-body process that we call me is also, it's a process, it's a changing experience and there's no solid self here. So in order to have that understanding, it means seeing directly changing experience. I think what I'd like to do before I go further is give you a, a little taste of some uh, different kinds of practices with concentration. Mm. First thing to keep in mind is that Um, concentration is not about putting blinders on and blocking anything out. Sometimes people have this sense, you know, I just, you know, like a, like a horse with its, with its blinders, you know, I'm just going to stay focused and that means uh, I better keep everything out and just be able to focus on this. Actually, it doesn't work. In fact, instead of me saying something, I'll just kind of show, uh, let you see for yourself. The paradox is that concentration actually takes a relaxed mind. Because 
the more you try, that contraction itself agitates the mind. So it's more a matter of being a kind of being at ease and spacious and the key to concentration is being interested where you just let yourself become fascinated by something even at first if it means tricking yourself just pretending it's interesting after a while when you pay attention it is interesting so here's just a little little uh, exercise first let's try this you can sit up and um, we'll use the breath the classical one classical concentration object wherever you feel it most clearly maybe if you're used to feeling it at the nostrils or you might feel it at the belly or wherever now, first, pay attention to the, be- to the breath. And as you're trying to pay attention, try to keep your thoughts away. Okay. See if you can block out the thoughts as you are paying attention. Try hard. In fact, block out everything but the breath. Don't let anything get in there. Okay, now we'll try it a little different way. Instead of trying to keep anything out, let the mind relax. Be at ease. Let it be very spacious. My voice can be part of the experience or other sounds or sensations. Just let everything be in the background and Let yourself just become interested in the breath. Don't push anything away. Just let yourself be drawn into this breath that's keeping you alive. This is what's keeping you alive. Check it out. You want the mind to be relaxed and yet let yourself be interested in this, the forefront of this experience, just the breath. Now just to heighten the interest a little bit, we'll just do it with the um, the nostrils, okay? Suppose, turn your attention to the nostrils or to the breath as it enters the nose. And uh, just to heighten the interest, we've done this here a little before, we'll do it again. First notice, is, uh, is the air coming in more in one nostril than the other? Check it out. Is it equal? See if you can notice just the moment that the breath begins, that in-breath begins. Does it start with a clear distinction or just kind of evolve?
as it's coming in? Is it rough or smooth? Any sensations? Does it come in in little puffs or does it come in a wave? How does it come in? Any tickles here or there? See if you can notice just the moment that the in-breath stops and turns into the out-breath. And as it goes out, does it go out in one steady stream or does it go out in segments? And see if you can notice just the moment that the outbreath stops. And the next in-breath begins, or maybe there's a space there. And notice, is the out-breath cooler or warmer than the in-breath? Longer or shorter or equal? See if you can notice something that you never knew about the breath before, just for the fun of it. If you found yourself drifting off or spacing out, you know, don't worry about it. Don't feel bad. You know, you didn't do anything wrong. But you might have noticed just with a little bit of extra incentive, oh, I can incline the mind to become interested in this. Maybe just for a little, little while. <clears throat> anything that you notice. You notice the difference between trying to block everything out and just getting, being relaxed and letting yourself be interested. That's the key. Uh, anything else that, that uh, we can just take a few moments? There's another exercise I want to do with you. and say a few more. Yeah. Once you start noticing something, it's like, oh, I see this too. Oh, that's interesting too. Yeah, once you start seeing, oh, there's a whole show in here, far out, then you want to be there for the show. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. Any, anything else that you notice? Okay, so now I want to just uh, do a little bit between the focused and the um, uh, Kanika Samadhi, all right? So just uh, once again, go inside. And first, just stay with the breath like you were doing. Yeah, and let yourself be interested in the show.
Let everything else just be in the background and you're just focusing on this in the foreground. Okay, and now widen the field. So rather than just staying with the breath, open the aperture even more. And there's the breath. And then notice whatever else presents itself. Maybe a sensation in the body or a number of sensations or sounds and see if you can move from one object, the breath, to noticing changing experience just for a little while. It's hard to stay with for too long in daily practice, but just try it. Try it out. There's this, then there's this, then there's this. You're just here for the changing show. If your mind wanders, just come on back to the show. There's always just this moment happening. You see the difference between one fixed object and noticing changing objects? Any comments before we go on? So when you're doing practice, you can do it lots of different ways. You can just stay with the breath if you're locked into it and you're very interested in it. Great. You can actually <clears throat> notice changing experience within the breath, too. So that's also, like you were doing before, a little bit of, it, that's still insight, where it's really fixed concentration is where you stay on one particular point in the breath, say, where it hits just in the upper lip or just the nose tip going, and you stay there, that's how you get into the deeper kind of absorption states. And it's like a, a saw. There's the image of a saw. You know, you first, when you're, you're sawing on some wood, it takes a little while to, to get a groove going. But once you get a groove going, it's like it doesn't want to go out of the groove, right? That's that kind of fixed absorption kind of concentration. But Doing it like we did before is you can see it's changing, but it's in a very refined field. You can open up the field and that can be just as profound. If you're noticing changing experiences, this, 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 hearing, breath, sensation, your mind can be very attentive, very concentrated and be noticing many, many different things. <clears throat> uh, so you might just see at any point, what do I need right now? If my mind is really tight and it's just too, it's too much, too contracted, oh, I need to open up the field a bit. If it's getting too out there in la-la land, you know, just kind of like, oh, there's this, there's that, then, oh, I need to refocus and just get sharpen the awareness on one thing and then have it applied to changing experience. Here are the classical supports for concentration. 
one, cleanliness. A good encouragement. Cleanliness of the body and the environment. It just kind of um, helps brighten and bring more alertness to it. Second, a balanced mind. A balance between uh, energy and concentration. Because if you get too concentrated and you're not wakeful, you get what's called sinking mind and you're kind of like this. It's focused, but then you lose your brightness. <clears throat> um, three, a clear mental image. This is particularly in the jhana practice where you use something and really stay with it. The more you can stay with it and have a clear image, it really supports that that groove getting getting um, uh, created. Four, uplifting a discouraged mind. Concentration is not aided at all by frustration. And when you feel discouraged or frustrated, either with how your meditation is going or with how your mind is going and your life, whatever, you need to uplift and create some space. This is a very healthy, important thing to do. It brightens, again, it brightens the mind, creates enough spaciousness to get focused. Um, five, calming an over-enthusiastic mind. Okay. Wow, I'm really getting concentrated now. Whoa. You're gone after a while. You, know. you were getting concentrated until you got so excited about it and gone. Uh, six, cheering the mind that's withered by pain. Okay. Again, it needs some uplift and brightening. So you don't have to hang in there and you know, torture yourself. You want to create some um, uplift. Seven, continuous balanced awareness. And this is that Kanaka Samadhi. You're just noticing changing experience in a very balanced way. Eight, avoiding distracted people and people who are scattered, that rubs off. There's a few out there, you know, and a few inside too. Nine, choosing friends who are focused. You, with all of these, hanging out with people who have that quality, it rubs off on you. And then, um, ten, Reflecting on the peace of absorption. If you've touched those deep states of peace, you just kind of remind yourself, oh, that feels so good. But you can't remind yourself, oh, I want to get back there. Just as soon as you do that, you're working against yourself. So it's more like, oh, yes, the mind, this mind has had some peace. How wonderful. And then you let go. And then the, the last, inclining the mind towards concentration. And inclining the mind, again, doesn't mean trying to make it happen, trying hard to make it happen. It just means inviting it to happen and allowing for it to happen on its own. So this is the thing about concentration. You put your whole heart into being interested and then you let go and whatever happens, happens. That's the key. As soon as there's, mm, I'm not there yet, you're going to blow any kind of concentration you have. So you just incline, invite, and put your whole heart into it and allow your whole process to unfold just as it does. So um, this week, you might just kind of play around with it, both in your meditation. Don't try to maintain it for a long time because it's hard. That's why people go on retreats. That's what retreats are about. It takes a special, secluded, supported environment. This is what the Buddha said. That's why he had rains retreats, and he said, there's trees and the roots of trees. Go find a place where you're going to be just away from everybody, because it takes that kind of um, non-distracted environment to focus.
or go on a retreat. Um, at home, just do it for a little at a time. Okay, I'm just going to try being interested for the next minute and just see what they do it in short bursts. And know that even if your mind is going to changing experience, that's okay too. And then in your daily life, you might also, outside of the meditation, say, every now and then say, okay, I'm just going to incline towards being focused right now. And notice what happens when you unify the mind like that, because you get in touch with a capacity that's not there when we're kind of diffuse and scattered. So, well, I've gone over. So let's just uh, have a very brief loving-kindness share our merit. Know that it's possible to get focused inside by relaxing the mind and bringing some kind thoughts to yourself. May I know the peace of a focused mind. May I feel all the goodness inside and share my love well. And may all beings everywhere know a peaceful, focused mind. May all feel the goodness inside. May all see their true nature. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. Thank you very much. Have a great week.